A'udhu billahi minash shaitanir rajim. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Welcome all. Uh, you're listening to Shafiq, Raheel and Hamza. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of the Verbal Outpost where we'd like to have an informal conversation about some real topics. Uh, we'd also like you to take part, so make sure you leave a comment or drop us an email on verbaloutpost at outlook.com with your thoughts. Assalamu alaikum. Uh, how's everyone doing? It's been, what, two weeks maybe since we've last <laughs> recorded an episode? Been on a mini hiatus, as they say, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's our first hiatus. <laughs> it is. First in quite a while since yeah. we started. Since January. So that's quite impressive, isn't it? Yeah. Who knew we'd be going on for this long, though? Remember, original, the original <laughs> plan was, what, six weeks? And then possibly yeah. ending it there. And then, you know, Alhamdulillah, we've continued on for how many weeks now? I don't know. It's for months now. Oh, for a while. Somewhere in the region of 18 to 20, I think, somewhere in that region. This is a good sign, inshallah, and I feel like we're all we're all getting better at you know doing the show and improving. Um, so I hope people listening as well they can see that you know we're trying to improve the content that we're putting on there, um, and hopefully have it be a bit more insightful as well. Um, so I'm, let's get straight into it. I guess you know we've recovered from Ramadan, recovered from Eid, you know. It, Last time, I mean, the last episode, we spoke about zakat and paying sort of the fitrana. So I hope everyone, you know, was able to pay it okay and didn't have any problems. And if you did listen to our episodes, I hope, you know, that helped. Um, if you do have, obviously, any questions about that, if you haven't paid it yet or if it's not due yet, then feel free to send us an email, listen to our episode. It's verbaloutpost at outlook.com. That's verbaloutpost at outlook.com. Um, so just to discuss today's episode now in the first part we're just going to just quickly go over um, post Ramadan discuss Eid um, and whatnot and then the second part we do want to discuss Palestine which my co-host Hamza inshallah will cover Um, so let's discuss Eid I guess I mean that's the first part Alhamdulillah you know this year the government guidelines uh, were a little bit different to last year where we were in complete lockdown so it was a lot more difficult to sort of get the normal Eid vibe um, this year we were able to at least visit family um, to a certain extent the government guideline didn't allow us to go into the house um, but at least you were able to see them in the garden spend a bit of time with them alhamdulillah the masjids were open Unlike last year, being a complete lockdown, you weren't even able to go to Eid prayer. I remember the discussion was, do you do Eid prayer at home? Is it allowed? You know, or do you just skip it altogether? Obviously, it wasn't further than you, but a lot of people, just Eid doesn't feel the same without the Eid prayer. So uh, I remember hearing a lot of people doing the Eid prayer in Jamaat with their families at home. Um, something even I tried to do. So it it wasn't the same. And I think this year, me personally anyway, I appreciated Eid so much more just because it felt at least a little bit more similar to what I was used to. I don't know what you guys, you know, what your experience was with Eid this year, if you wanted to share. Uh, For me, it was um, pretty much just spend time with my immediate family, you know, within the support bubbles as they they term it these days. Um, Just from my end, um, my immediate family, so my mum's house, and then uh, over at my uh, in-laws house. Normally, obviously, we'd see relatives and whatnot, but uh, 
bit a bit restricted at the moment in that sense. But yeah, alhamdulillah, it was a good time despite all that. It feels like a distant memory now. It's just a week ago. Was it? <laughs> I know. I know. It feels longer already, doesn't it? <laughs> I know. I know. Um, so what's what? The Time's a funny week? thing. Mm, just the second weekend after Eid, but. Yeah, we kind of did a similar thing as well. I mean, the good thing was everybody did it on the same day, which was very nice. Yeah. And um, yeah, we just did a very small, just our, again, immediate family thing as mm. well. So it was very small, very intimate, quite different from last year. But actually, I think I preferred last year. Oh, was it? Okay. Better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think at that time, particularly Eid, Eid al-Fitr, was um we'd just gone into lockdown before that mm -hmm. and i think we appreciated it so much more having been in lockdown for about four weeks compared to the most recent one where everybody's already quite acquainted with lockdown and going through this whole pandemic over the past year so I've, i found that everybody appreciated it much more a year ago it was nice to get back into the mosque this time around um but yeah, it's quite different. Oh, and, and, you know, you actually made a good point. It's something I wanted to bring up later on, actually. The moon sighting, we discussed that quite a lot. And Alhamdulillah, this year, everyone did Eid on the same day. You know, even though uh, in our Nottingham community anyway, half the community maybe started on one day while the other started the day after. But Alhamdulillah, Eid fell on the same day. You know, and that, that is quite nice. You know, you walk outside, everyone's going to the masjid, everyone's visiting family. I mean, especially around here in Forest Fields, it was buzzing. You know, you walk around, everyone's going around to see people. You know, they're all dressed up and it felt like it's been a while since I've seen something like that sort of on the same day anyway. I guess maybe a few extra people pulled out their telescopes this year, eh? Yeah, it looks like maybe they heard our episode, didn't it? <laughs> but let me give that a go. <laughs> Well, actually, you know what? It's uh, so you remember on our 29th day, which would have been Tuesday night. Yeah, Tuesday night. The, everybody was waiting for the potential news that Eid would be on Wednesday. So, I mean, it ended mm -hmm. up being full 30 days for us anyway, full mm -hmm. 30 days um, and being on Thursday. But I remember being slightly on edge thinking, damn, if there's if the moon has allegedly been sighted, I'm not sure I'd. I would trust that or I'd take it with a big pinch of salt. So I thought I'd just hope it's just clean and easy and we just mm -hmm. do the full 30 days and everybody yeah. ends up doing it on the same day. So Alhamdulillah, it was good. That's that's what happened. We've got another one coming up in a couple of months. So we'll, How, how we'll do you what... manage that kind of split in your head where you know you almost go with it but then question it in your mind? How, how do you deal with that? To be honest, this was probably the first time where that's because you remember we spoke about it a few weeks ago mm. the complexity of being able to sight the moon yeah. when it's between us and the sun so it it's just you kind of take it with a bit of a pinch of salt mm. so it, you know we'll, we'll see you know alhamdulillah it didn't happen so i was, I was, I was glad that didn't happen yeah i mean but, I, you know it sounds bad but I was almost sort of 90%, maybe even 95% confident that it wouldn't be on. We wouldn't be doing 29. We would be doing the full 30 and doing Eid on Thursday just because I've been following the Hijri calendar for the last two, three years. And every day they stated Eid would be, it's always fallen on that day. 
So, and I was telling loads of people before then that I think I may have mentioned it in one of these episodes, it'll be on a Thursday. But, you know, <laughs> if, it, if it was allowed and people were taking bets, I would happily take those bets. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you do know, but you do know what people say about that, right? What do you mean? So the fact that you're saying Eid Day has been on the Hijri cal- the same day on the Hijri calendar every year, the accusation. So, so you're talking oh, about the- you're talking about the Okay, I see where you're going with this. Right. So, so the accusation is that the Saudis um, predetermine all the dates, and they'll say, "Oh, That's you know, right. we we spot the moon on this, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, on the night before." So, coincidentally, every single date on that calendar is always perfectly accurate ten years in advance. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, like again, I said, I've been following for the last three years. It happened to fall on those days. So, yeah, I mean, I may start to agree with those conspiracy theorists, <laughs> obviously, without actually, confer- yeah, without actually confirming it with someone in Saudi saying, look, you guys use, you know, scientific calculations to work this out. And, you Who know, knows, maybe, they're, uh, maybe they've got the algorithm down to uh, a <laughs> Yeah, must be really good. All that money they're getting from the oil, isn't it? <laughs> Some heavy investments. Well, the tech. machine. <laughs> uh, so, alhamdulillah, so it looks like everyone's had, you know, a decent Eid. And, you know, as I said, it was quite nice. Everyone doing Eid on the same day. Um, but let's not forget that, you know, the lessons that we've learned in Ramadan. You know, a lot of us, you know, like we do every year, we try to improve ourselves. Um, it's seen as sort of a training ground for us, you know, to pick up some good habits, spend a bit more time with me personally. I mean, even with the whole lockdown and um, the COVID situation, I really push myself towards the, especially the last 10 nights um, where generally I wasn't attending the masjid, just out of fear and whatnot. But thankfully, I was able to get my first jab um, of the vaccine, the Pfizer vaccine. So I thought to myself, look, I've had the first jab. I'll wear my mask. I'll take my masala and, you know, go to the masjid. And alhamdulillah, I spent quite a lot of time um, at the masjid in the last 10 nights just trying to make the most of it. I mean, Allah knows if we'll be here next Ramadan. And that sh- that is the way we should be thinking about it, to be honest. I mean, this could have been our last Ramadan, especially with the current situation with COVID. Allah knows a lot of people have passed away um, due to the virus. So um, let's not forget all the things that, we've you know improved on and inshallah is something we should continue um throughout this month um shawal which is also important um for those that don't know shawal is the 10th month of the lunar calendar the islamic calendar so it follows just after ramadan and um there are quite a few hadith mentioning how if you keep six fasts um, after Ramadan, it's as if you fasted, um, some mention a lifetime, it's as, or mentioning fasting for the entire year. So including Ramadan plus the six fasts, it's as if you fasted the entire year, which I think is an amazing thing to do. Um, and it's not something I actually knew about, I think, uh, what, five, five years, five, ten years ago? You know, I would say it's not it's something I've even heard about. And I don't think it's like a common, it wasn't a common practice anyway, among some of family and friends that I knew at the time um, is something I feel like I've found out about later on so I think it's quite a good reminder to push people and encourage people to keep these extra six fasts because there's just so much reward in it um, and I don't know if that's something uh, I'm hoping inshallah you guys are sort of planning to do that as well um, it's always a bit difficult I suppose after Ramadan 
keeping extra fast maybe where there's all these blessings in Ramadan making it easier for you however outside of Ramadan if it's no longer an obligation it might be a bit more difficult I think it's worth adding that um, you know if people have had a bit of a f- fatigue from fasting after 29 30 days consecutively that those six extra fast from shawal if you do choose to do them they don't have to be straight away we have got the whole month to complete them um, and some people have, I've seen this stagger it so they might choose the weekends in particular when you know they might not be working for example to put those fasts some people coincide them with the, the sunnah fast the Mondays and Thursday fast so they kind of almost double up on the reward um, so there's lots of different ways you can break it down you don't have to group them all into one as you know six days in a row in other words and they don't necessarily have to be straight away as long as you can complete them by i'd say target by the 29th uh 29th day of shawal because there might not be a 30th of course yeah we're about 11th day of shawal i believe at the moment so we've got just over two weeks um left so still plenty of time uh, for everyone to get those six days of shawal in um and get that extra reward alhamdulillah you know as i said i'm hoping all of you guys will be keeping it too i mean i actually heard there's mixed opinion on that uh, about the staggering it and doing it on different days i mean me previously i've always sort of done it on sort of the monday and the thursday which is which were the days the prophet sallallahu used to fast um so you can make up the six um throughout the whole month however i was reading that i think the shafi opinion is that you have to keep all six straight after so straight after Eid, you keep the six consecutive. Yeah, I was like, oh, okay, that's new. I didn't know that. I mean, either way, it sort of depends on which opinion you follow. Yeah, I, I think if, if, you know, for anybody out there who knows which you know uh, opinion they follow, then just go by that. But yeah, they, they, I wouldn't be surprised if there is a very good opinion on that. But we shouldn't, obviously, like we've mentioned with the moon site, and we shouldn't um, call people out for for doing it the other way, as it were. <laughs> Uh, alhamdulillah. Um, have you guys so are you guys back at the masjids now so what was your sort of experience like being sort of back at the masjid or was it just the Eid prayer uh, for me I'm still kind of working my normal routine back into that if I'm being honest um, I think with the masjid being a bit more you know the, the lockdown is, is itself easing up now as well it makes it a bit more comfortable you know in your head you know psychologically and whatnot to to actually attend but the next step is to actually get it into your physical routine as well you know on a day-to-day basis yeah it's kind of um yeah just getting back into normality i think um the mosques are i mean my local is a little bit of a strange one um they do Jummah every Friday, so it's kind of the congregation has reduced ever so slightly since Ramadan. Um, but yeah, just sort of continuing as normal. Mm. I have noticed that the masjids, um, what they started to do actually before, um, I don't know if we're, we'll get into the topic of discussing um, what's happening in India as well, but the Indian variant of the virus just before that sort of became big news at the masjid, they were slowly noticed, uh, started to notice that people were becoming a bit more relaxed. So with the so distancing, um, before it was sort of the one prayer space gap, but slowly people were closing in. And even the imam was saying, oh, okay, you know, things are getting a bit safer. 
and whatnot. And I noticed that people who have had the vaccine, um, which I wouldn't recommend because it's still going into inclusive, but they weren't really wearing masks anymore. And I was like, oh, okay. I'm not sure if I'm comfortable with that. I'd still suggest, you know, everyone still wear their masks, still bring their prayer mats in. But I did notice that in the masjid itself, it's people are starting to relax, their attitude started to relax. Um, I don't know if you guys sort of noticed the same thing, but as the Indian variant hit and it was sort of all over the news and you hear about all the deaths that were happening over there, um, the imam started to remind people, look, you know, just because, you know, you feel a bit safer now doesn't mean we should let our guard down. And he was telling everyone, look, you still need to stop wearing your masks, bring your prayer mats in, keep your distance and whatnot. So it was good that he was reminding people because I think what people people who have had the vaccine they forget is that they can still potentially carry the virus so they may be immune to it because they've had either one jab or two jabs and whatnot they may be able to fight it off better than others however they can still carry that virus and i feel like within our community anyway they're just not taking that side of things seriously i don't know if that's something you guys have noticed i didn't notice that the mosque was so when when I've prayed Jummah or Eid Salah, people have distanced and that's, I'm sure it's largely down to the fact there's a lot of space at the mosque, so people can very easily distance, so that does happen. However, the particular mosque that you went to, at the moment, we've got people in their mid-30s being vaccinated now. So in terms of the most vulnerable in society, the people in care homes, the people over the age of 35, most people have been vaccinated. And today there's a news report saying that 60 million vaccines have been administered. So I'm not sure how many of those are the second dose, but there's been 60 million. I think the population of the UK is about 66 million to round it up to 70 million. So that is a significant number of people that have received the vaccine it doesn't mean we drop our guard but naturally a year on people are gonna have that bit of fatigue from covid pardon the pun they're gonna have that bit of fatigue from the pandemic and they probably want to and this isn't rest, you know this isn't specific to the mosques this is anywhere you go in fact you go into city center and you'll see people be even more crazier so i think it's natural that people are gonna ease off a little bit um it's always yeah it's always probably better to take extra precautions but yeah I, I completely get that people are getting a bit fed up and with the vaccine rollout program way you know well underway um and most of us and our families now having been vaccinated yeah i, I would have thought it'd be good for people to uh, relax and get to a bit of normality the new normal yeah, I mean, you've even mentioned, I mean, at the moment, uh, for those that are listening, we're actually at home. So we're recording our sessions over Zoom. Um, Hamza's mentioned us going into the studio with us all being vaccinated. I mean, I've had my first jab. Hamza, you've mentioned you've had your first jab and Rahil, you've had both. Um, I've had both, yeah. And We've all had the Pfizer one. Is that right? I had the AstraZeneca one. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I, because there's a bit of debate over the AstraZeneca one, you know, potentially <laughs> causing people to, you know, become ill and blood clots and whatnot. I mean, Hamza, how are you feeling after yours? I mean, I felt fine after I had my first Pfizer jab. 
No, Alhamdulillah, I've been okay. Uh, arm's a little bit sore, but other than that, no, in in high spirits. Rahil, did you get ill after your AstraZeneca one, or were you? Um, after the first jab that I had, I think that was back in, I want to say Feb. Um, I had a fever for one day, the, the day after, uh, and then I was okay again. And after the second one, I was fine. I had a bit of a fever, but I think it was about two weeks later. So I don't know if that was a delayed knock-on effect from the vaccine or if I just happened to have it for other reasons. Mm. But um, yeah, aside from that, you know, like Hamza mentioned, I've got a bit of a, mm. bit of a soreness in the arm where it's jabbed, mm. but nothing nothing major, nothing too yeah. concerned. So well, yeah, I mean, with inshallah, if we're all sort of you know a bit safer now due to having the job, I know Hamza's had a bit of an itch to get into the studio, do some live sessions, try to get a few phone calls. So we're hoping inshallah um, we can do that now um, at some point, arrange to actually record a session in the studio. And actually, we've probably got not probably we know we've got listeners from far and wide and beyond the borders of Nottingham and the UK. Um, so if if anybody else is I mean, I, I don't know what the vaccine rollout looks like in other countries. I've got no idea. We kind of live in this yeah. bit of a bubble here, here in the UK, and we're constantly talking about the rollout program and our own vaccines mm. and 60 million today, but I've got no idea what's happening in other countries. I mean, I know a lot of the Western countries, you know, the ones obviously that the wealthier countries, they've obviously invested a lot of money into these vaccines. So they're sort of on the top of the list to get the vaccines first. And that's why our rollout program, including ones in America, Canada, um, those sort of countries, they're so good. And we've got, I think, more than more vaccines than we actually need. Um, however, I've heard that other countries are struggling, which might explain what's happening in India, where the, yeah, they're producing the vaccine for these wealthy countries. However, they don't have enough to carry out there um, and unfortunately it's causing a lot of deaths um, I've also heard that um, the vaccines that we're taking as well um, there have been reports say that it does work against the Indian variant but I think that's sort of here and there I don't know if that's been tested or not yeah I think I heard of somebody mention on the radio just the other day um, and if I remember right they said the AstraZeneca one has I think it was about 60% protection against it Whereas the Pfizer one, I believe they quoted around 80%. It goes a little bit more, about 90. Oh, it's 90. Yeah, that, that, that 15 minutes after the Pfizer vaccine that you have to sit around and wait and make sure, yeah, where they make sure that you don't drop dead or anything. Yeah. <laughs> that 15 minutes, I thought, oh, let me Google it. Let me Google the difference between the <laughs> Pfizer and the AstraZeneca. So, yeah, it was interesting. I, d I didn't realise that. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, I mean, our rollout's really good, isn't it? Here in the UK, as you said, so many what's you said, 60 million people have potentially been vaccinated. But, but do you know how other countries are getting on? Because the only other country that I and we'll talk about this in the well, we're not going to talk about the vaccine, but Israel has one of the most effective rollouts, and I think they've uh vaccinated their whole population. Apparently, what, what, what all of the Israeli population. Anyway. That's where some of the stats come from, isn't it? About how effective, for example, the Pfizer one is. Um, I was yeah. told that's where what I read anyway, is that they're using Israel um, to get the stats and data from. But then there was a few months ago a shortage in Italy, wasn't it? Oh, was there? Um, maybe. Sorry, it's mm. not something I've heard about. Okay. But, but what, do you know which one it's a shortage of? Or is it a mixture of both? I really don't know, and, and, and this is why I say I, 
I feel like I, th I think I should have done my home a bit more homework beforehand <laughs> about vaccine deployment in other countries and mm. what's happening because I've got, I've got absolutely no idea. Do you know what's horrible though? I have seen a couple of videos in completely different countries, di completely different people where I don't, I don't, I don't even know which country it is where they're not actually that they're faking the vaccinations. So they get a needle. So someone's recording this, they get a needle, shove it into someone's arm. They're not pushing it down. And then they just pull the needle straight out. So this person now walks away thinking, oh, I've been vaccinated. We don't know how many times that same needle has been put into the same, per uh, into different people. God knows what disease they'll be picking up, but it's just, it must be some country that's corrupt or they don't have the vaccine or they're faking the numbers. But I've seen it twice done to different people and I don't know wh which country it is, it'll be good to find out the source of these countries, but they're faking it. They're just shoving needles into people's arms. No vaccine, not pushing it down. We are sure getting one of those uh, hoax videos. <laughs> yeah, and I was going to say, we're, we're, we're getting into some conspiracy theories. It's not trivia, yeah. it's, a, it's a genuine video. How do, you, how do you hoax a needle going into the army? It looks like no. they're in... It, it could be somebody movies? that's set up a lab or something, isn't it? It could be two people. For all we know, do, but, even but does it surprise you though? It didn't surprise me when I saw it. It actually didn't surprise me. I thought to myself, some of these countries, obviously they they have um, targets to meet, right? And you know, if they don't have money to pay for the vaccines yet, you know, they're trying to encourage tourism or something, and say, look, you have to be vaccinated or whatnot. They might be doing all sorts to get around the rules and say, oh yeah, you know, we're vaccinating people. It's safe to come to this country now. Here's our stats. But surely those kind of stats, you know, if we're going to go top level, they would base it on, okay, we sent you, I don't know, 50,000 vaccinations. How have you managed to vaccinate 100,000? That's true. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how it's all done. All I know is I saw a couple of videos <laughs> where people are getting needles shoved in their arm. And I just thought to myself, Alhamdulillah, we live in a country <laughs> like here in the UK. But, but hold on one second. I'm intrigued now. Where did you see these videos? They're online, you know, saying, they get shared on social media and whatnot. No, oh, but, but, but come on, man. This, the amount of fake news and the amount of rubbish. Oh, no, no, of course. It wasn't, like, it wasn't a case of, oh, someone's sort of reporting it. It was just one of those videos that's sort of going around. Now, yeah, I, look, I'm not an idiot. You know, I don't just, I might look like one. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I don't just, you know, believe everything I see. But these videos did seem genuine. But yeah, it's something we can discuss next time, inshallah, maybe uh, once we have some more stats. Um, we're going to take a quick break now um, and go into our second part, which will be on Palestine, inshallah. Catch you soon. Assalamu alaikum.